0: Welcome to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. I am Andrew Kant, And I'm Ryan Zook. After a heartbreaking loss in the Frozen Four, an intriguing offseason is underway for the Michigan hockey team. We address the key questions facing the program and discuss some basketball news, including Noz Hillman getting drafted on Wolverine Confidential. Hey, Ryan, good to be talking with you here. Uh, very late morning here on Tuesday, April 12th. No, uh, Aaron McMahon, he's, you know, finishing up his bachelor party getting married uh this summer and one final wild weekend as they
1: say yeah. and we know how much he, he loves vegas so <laughs> um sure sure he's ha- having a good time he will be back hopefully to the Wolverine <laughs> confidential
0: podcast and, and ann, arbor, ann arbor in general uh at some point uh but yeah we've got a lot lot to talk about we couldn't wait for him um you know recapping some things that have happened recently uh We'll go back. This was this was now Thursday when the Michigan hockey team actually lost its game in the Frozen Four. Uh, we don't need to spend too much time on the game, but you were there, Ryan, in Boston. Um, yeah, I mean, overtime loss is is always heartbreaking in hockey, right? I mean, it's sudden death, so it just it just sort of happens.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, a, a costly turnover at their own blue line and and against. Their top line, it's going to end up in the back of your net more often than not. And I could see if Michigan played a little bit better, but to be honest, they didn't really deserve to win that game from from the drop of the puck. Got off to a really slow start, um, only had eight shots heading into the third period. So, I mean, really, the the reason why it was tied one-to-one even heading into the third was because of Eric Portillo, uh, Michigan's goalie. Um, so really just not not a great performance from, from the Wolverines on the biggest stage. Their, their top players didn't really show up and have a big game. The top line of uh, Beneers, Johnson, and and Brendan Brisson didn't really generate much. Uh, Luke Hughes, I mean, a star defenseman who's, who's had a tremendous freshman season. I thought he had his worst game of the year. So, yeah, it, it, it's a tough way to end the season. All they needed was a break in overtime, but – I mean, looking back, you can't really say it's like, oh, well, Mission deserved to win that game. And a lot of people, the whole, the whole storyline was oh, mission's the favorite in, in this Frozen Four. Uh, they have all these draft picks. Like, this is their, their year to win. And some of that's true. I mean, they definitely had the capability of doing that. But a lot of people probably didn't watch Denver this year. But they are a really, really, really good team. They're just as deep, have solid goaltending, have a mobile defense so uh, I can't say I'm surprised that Denver went on to win, win it all. And, and I'm not surprised that they were able to knock off Michigan.
0: So, you know, back in early March, you wrote, this was the exact headline. It's frozen for or bust from Michigan star studded hockey team. So they get there. They, they do succeed, win a couple of, you know, NCAA tournament games to get there, but then lose once they get there. I, I don't know what's, what's your assessment and, and what did you gather as far as the team's assessment? I know it's hard right after they lose, but. you know, how this season was viewed right
1: yeah I mean if you're the team you, you feel like you came up short I mean there's never going to be a team in NCAA hockey that puts together a roster with this many high profile players on it ever again in my opinion I mean it's just four of the top five picks in last year's draft seven first rounders i mean, 13 overall draft picks I mean they're they were just I mean their seven first rounders is more than the rest of the NCAA combined this year so that just says how, how deep this this team is and they had great goal to from Eric Portillo all year so yeah we've said this before like they had all the imp- uh, ingredients but in the single elimination format again it just takes one off game and you can be sent home so they, they won their two games that like they were supposed to against lesser seeds but then you, you get to a, a frozen for a neutral environment against a denver team that's also number one seed that won the best conference that finished in first place in the best conference in the country in my opinion the nchc And it's, it's, I thought it was a toss up going in and they just, they just fell short. So I did. Yeah. I I think it, it wasn't a disappointing season for them to, I mean, this is four, four out of 59 teams left. I mean, that's, that's a pretty good year, but Again, I'm sure for, for the team and for fans, you, you're you're wanting more because it's now been it's been since 1998 since they've reached the, or won the championship and they've only reached the, the title game once since then, um, despite multiple Frozen Four appearances. So uh, I, I get why fans would be frustrated, but it, it's a hard tournament to win. It, there's a lot of parity in college hockey, and it, it's tough. So it's yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens next season. But again, uh, overall winning the big 10 tournament, hitting the 30 win mark. I mean, there's, uh, ha- having a bunch of guys hit the the 30 point, 30 point mark this season. I mean, there was a lot of guys that had really good years and, and the, the program won, won, won a banner at least one. So I can't say it's too disappointing.
0: Denver went on and, and, and beat Minnesota state then for, for the championship. I don't know if that changes anything at that point when you lose that late in it, I don't think it really, uh, you know, matters for, for Michigan that they, they lost the eventual champion, but, uh, I don't know. Doesn't certainly doesn't make anything worse. Um, so now the, the, the off season is underway and there are a lot of questions with this, with this roster um, and this program, I, I to lay, lay it out for us. What are the biggest ones that yeah. we need to be watching?
1: So I, I the, the, going back to the, the posting press conference on Thursday, I mean, Obviously, the, the, the biggest question, obviously, a lot of the talk was going to be surrounded around the game, but the mm-hmm. looming question was what's going to happen with head coach Mel Pearson? His contract expires April 30th. There's no extension um, and uh, on the table at this point and no destruction of one publicly at least. Um, and he was asked by uh, a reporter uh, straight up, are you going to be the head coach next year? And, and he said I, I'm only basically I'm only here to, to talk about I'm only going to talk about tonight and tonight's game um, at that point. So um, yeah, a, a very uncertain future for him. And Ward Manuel, missions athletic director, was was there as well, standing in the back of the room. And me and a couple of reporters went up to him after the press conference to try and get a, a comment from him. He just basically shook his head at, at us and was just you know, only offered. No, we'll be fine. And, and that was it. So um, but yeah, I mean, it's it, the, the program is under investigation, as we reported in January um, and basically, to, to summarize, the accusations base, or basically include Pearson instructing student athletes to lie on their COVID-19 tracing forms last year. If you remember, they had to forfeit their NCAA tournament opener uh, because of COVID-19. Also, in the investigation, Pearson and director of, head, director of Hockey Operations Rick Bancroft discriminating against female staffers and creating a toxic work environment for female support staff. Pearson retaliating against a student athlete for raising concerns about the hockey team's culture and Bancroft, uh, Bancroft knowing about sexual misconduct committed by the late athletic director or Dr. Robert Anderson. So some serious allegations there. We had foia for this uh, this complaint against the, the program mm-hmm. and we got a response on Friday, um, basically denying our request the day after the game. So obviously it's this is not over yet. Um, and and a lot of questions need to be answered here moving forward because yeah, they're going to lose a lot of guys. Um, their head coach is futures uncertain. So it's going to be an interesting off season.
0: I mean, you would think that this is not, I mean, certainly in other sports, I don't know why hockey would necessarily be different. Um, but maybe you can explain, shed some light on this. Why, you know, you would not want a coach, uh, to, to, to go this late into his, his contract. I mean, usually the extension you'd want to have, have happen earlier so he's not you know in this kind of lame duck position for recruiting and things like that but on the flip side you maybe have to think that the reason that is in this case is because of this investigation or at least it's fair to to think that might be a factor that you know they want this to play out before they you know decide on a one way or the other
1: you you would have to think so because yeah i mean pearson's now has two frozen four appearances in in his five seasons um they were a number two seed last year before they had a forfeit from the NCAA tournament. So they've largely been successful since he's been there. They're recruiting at an insane level right now. Their next year's recruiting class is also going to be just loaded with a bunch of high profile prospects. So that's definitely not an issue. Uh, So you would, you would think that it is surrounding these uh, these allegations here.
0: Yeah. So I guess we'll have to really wait for that to, to play out here uh, before, before we we learn uh, much, but then there's, there's the roster itself. Uh, as well.
1: Yeah, they've already lost four top players from this year. Three of their top five or three of the four top five picks that from last year's draft have already signed. Um, no surprises here. Owen Power, the number one overall pick, is expected to make his NHL debut with the Buffalo, Buffalo Sabres tonight. On Tuesday, he signed the day after, after the game. And then Nick Blankenberg, the senior captain. I mean, that was kind of expected. And then Kent Johnson, uh, the number five overall pick by the Blue Jackets. He also was leaving after his sophomore season, and then Matty Beniers was a little bit later. He didn't sign until Sunday. Um, he was the number two overall pick from by the Seattle Kraken, and he also signed. And probably not going to be the the only ones to leave leave school early. Um, they obviously these players can wait till after the NHL season by signing now. They're. The NHL teams are burning a year of their entry-level contracts, so teams can wait till after the year so they don't have to burn a year, which is most likely the case for for some of these other guys. But possibilities, in my opinion, who I think could still go, uh, Johnny Beecher, uh, a 2019 first-rounder, just completed his junior year. Uh, Thomas Bortolo, uh second rounder in 2020. He's a San Jose Sharks draft pick, had, had a pretty solid year, especially late in the year after coming back from, from missing a few games with COVID-19. Brendan Brisson had a breakout sophomore year. He was a first-round pick of, of Vegas in 2021. Uh, and two guys that are probably more, two first-round picks that I think are more likely to come back, Mackie Samuskevich, a freshman forward, and Luke Hughes, the, the star freshman defenseman for, for Michigan. Uh, and, and it looks like they'll, they'll get their goalie back, though, too. Eric Portillo, uh, third rounder of, of the Buffalo Sabres. Looks like he's going to be coming back for his junior year. Uh, reporter Elliot Freeman um, mentioned this a couple of days ago. Have not heard back from um, uh, the athletic communications person yet about that. But it, it looks like he, he, they might be getting their their star goalie back. So that's the the one good news so far in in this off season.
0: Kind of wild to me how they just go straight from, you know, in some cases from playing for their hockey team to, to playing in the NHL. I mean, with, within, within days, truly.
1: Yeah. I mean, that yeah, powers make his debut tonight. And then I'm sure, uh, Beniers and Johnson and and Blankenberger will shortly follow. So it, uh, (laughs) yeah, quite, quite a whirlwind of a week for them. I'm sure.
0: Yeah. And then, okay, let's, let's transition to some hoops because I, I mean, I thought it would be a short turnaround for, you know, women's college basketball players like Nas Hillman who, you know, played in the, uh, NCAA tournament, uh, uh, you know, just two weeks before then the draft, which is then just, you know, a month before the season starts, but it seems like an eternity compared to hockey. Uh, but yes, that was the case, uh, last night, Monday, Nas Hillman became the highest Wolverine, uh, ever drafted, uh, going number 15 overall three picks into the second round, uh, by the Atlanta dream. She was the, um, seventh Wolverine, um, ever drafted, but again, no one had ever 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 gone higher. Um 23 um was the was the highest pick before that. Um so yeah she as far as whether this was a surprise or not, it, it really wasn't. I mean, you know, you look at mock drafts and some had her in the first round. Certainly ESPN had her late first round, um, but but others did not. Others, you know, viewed her more as a as a second round pick. And that's that's what she was. Um she goes early in the second round and you know we'll certainly get a chance to to make this roster and and make an impact, um, which might seem obvious, but it's not. I mean, there's only 12 roster spots and only 12 teams. um, So there's a lot of competition for these spots. So a lot of times, I mean, second, certainly third round draft picks, you know, do not end up, uh, you know, making the league at least that year. Um, But, you know for an Atlanta franchise that's really rebuilding with a, a new coach, a, a new GM, um, somewhat recently new owners as well. Yeah, this is this is a, a, a good spot, uh, for Nas.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. And I, I it's gonna be fascinating to see how she translates to the WNBA level because I mean, what we saw over the four years of her at Michigan, I mean, she completely dominated inside. Um, just an absolute fierce rebounder and, and could, could score with the best of them in the paint. Well, we'll see if, if, if she can develop an outsider mid range shot at the next level. Cause I think if, if she had that, she's a, she's a surefire first round pick, but we didn't really see that much at Michigan. So we'll, we'll see what happens, but it, it was going to be interesting to see how her game translates to translates to the next level.
0: Well, that That's absolutely the thing. And it's something that, you know, the uh, experts are aware of franchises are aware of and she is aware of like that's something she will need to try to um you know expand her game in that way um you know especially at 6-1 going against you know taller post players um you know developing that outside shot but everyone seems to agree she has a work ethic uh you know to to make it happen so she's paired with uh ryan howard the uh number one overall pick that was the dreams other other draft pick on monday night um and yeah, she she'll be heading to Atlanta and and getting started before the before the season starts. Uh, May 6th is the uh, regular season opener. Yeah, there's some some news on the uh, on the men's side as well. Um, you know, as the roster st- sort of you know shapes up here for for next season, uh, Brandon Johns Jr. will not be back with Michigan, but he does intend to play another season of college basketball. That first part is not a surprise at all. Um, I mean, he was he was honored at senior day. And, uh, you know, as, as I've written in stories, you know, coaches have basically were saying, you know, it was, it was his last game at, at Michigan when they, when they lost in the NCAA tournament. Um, but that he's decided to play again. Yeah. I mean, that, that's not a, that's not a, a huge surprise, but he'll be, he'll be doing it elsewhere. We don't know where yet, but he's, he's entered his name into the transfer portal. And he can do that, uh, despite playing four seasons of college basketball, because you know, two seasons ago did not count towards a player's eligibility, uh, due to the whole uncertainty, you know, surrounding the pandemic. So he'll get a chance to play, to play somewhere else, but yeah, they're, they're, they're still, still waiting on, on other guys. I mean, Hunter Dickinson, Caleb Houston, Musa Diabate, all these guys will at the very least, um, get feedback from, from the NBA. You do not have to declare officially declare for the draft to get the feedback of where you will get drafted, um, you know they 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 take a poll around the league and try to get a consensus to you, and and they and they put it in writing. You're viewed as a late second round pick, to undrafted. You're viewed as not getting drafted. You're viewed as you know early, you know mid to late first round, whatever it may be. Um, they can get that, and they're they're going to be encouraged to get that. Uh, whether they take the next step to actually declaring and then getting. More evaluation as far as what they need to work on, you know, potentially appearing in, you know, one of the combines. That's, that's another step that we won't know for, for a little bit. Um, you know, the the date to uh, April 24th is uh, the early entry deadline. So for underclassmen to actually declare for the draft, they have to do it uh, by then, um, but not until June 1st do they have to withdraw their name. So that that's really the important date because whether they declare or not, it's an important step. Um, but of course, uh, nothing will be finalized until, until they decide whether they're, they're coming back or not. So for Michigan, it puts them in kind of a tricky spot, but this is, this is kind of where all programs are, or so many, at least, um, you know, figuring out their, their roster on the fly. I mean, they're recruiting for 2023 right now, even though technically, uh, they don't have any spots. I mean, if you, if you just look at the, the scholarship situation, uh, You know, there's, there's, there's no spots, all 13 are accounted for, but, you know, that includes, uh, you know, Hunter Dickinson being a senior on, on the Michigan team and Diabate and Houston being juniors. And again, all these guys forget the NBA, not transferring or anything like that. So there will be spots, um, but exactly how many, and in, you know, which positions or whatever, you know, part of the, uh, kind of just, you know, guessing game for, for coaches across the country.
1: That's that's the life of uh, recruiting uh, elite talent and and getting guys that that could possibly make the jump early.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and of course the you know the transfer portal is only like added another another element uh, to that. So you know those are some things to be to be watching um, you know going forward. But no no real news on on what any of those aforementioned players will will be doing. Uh, But we'll have you covered uh, at MLive.com slash Wolverines. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Wolverine Confidential Podcast.